we are a miracle. Like I never in a million years imagined that we would be sitting here having this conversation. The healing that we are experiencing individually in our, in our birth family, in relationships outside of blood relations, there are no words. But I do know that this stuff works if we work it. It's an inside job. Welcome back to another episode of To Be Authentic, the only podcast that teaches you how to build a bridge to the life you want from the life you have using human design, the gene keys, and the work. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. Hi, welcome back to To Be Authentic. I'm your host, Stacey Estrella. I have a special guest and a special topic, especially with the upcoming holidays. This episode is on family estrangement, and specifically, we're going to focus more on our sibling relationship. The guest is my sister. I will introduce her again. This episode is really on how you can use human design to heal your relationships. And specifically, this is how we used human design before we even knew what it was. It's how we eventually understood when our relationship ruptured and the process of bringing it back together. I wanted to give a few statistics on family estrangement because it's one of those topics that a lot of us feel deep, deep shame about. And it's really a very ancient shame that goes all the way back to the earliest origins of humanity when our survival depended on being part of a tribe. And if we did not have people who were there who were supporting us, then we ran the risk of death right? We ran the risk of being ostracized and kicked out of the tribe. And so this is a very, very ancestral, deep, instinctive fear and nature in us. So a couple of statistics from psychology today, there was a 2019 survey that's based in the United States. One in four people are estranged from a family member. Of those 24% are estranged from a parent, 30% are estranged from siblings. There's also in the Journal of Psychology and Behavioral Science, there was an abstract in 2015 where 43% of people in the US had experienced family estrangement at some point in time. That's almost one in two people have at some point experienced family estrangement. So I wanted to give that context because my guest today is my beloved sister, Sloan Reali. She was on my third podcast episode. We're going to share the story of our estrangement. We were estranged from 2015 to, I think it was 2019. It might have been into 2020. I can't quite remember, but it was a pretty long period of time. And it was very recent. And it's hard to believe if you heard the conversations of me and my sister on my podcast or on her podcast, you would really have a hard time believing that there was a time in our life when we were not talking to each other. And actually we thought maybe we would never talk to each other again in our lives. And if you hear us on our podcast, or if you're in our coaching circle in the high frequency formula that we've been doing since February, you would have no idea <laughs> that our relationship at one point was really, really beyond repair is what it felt like. My sister is Sloan Reali. She is a three, five ego projected projector. And she was a guest on my show on episode three. 
And that was actually in helping people understand what it was like for her to navigate life as a three, five ego projected projector and how she came to human design and how she learned to trust it and is continuing to learn to trust her authority and her strategy. She is a women's vocal empowerment mentor. She has helped me a lot in the early stages of this podcast. She has a Facebook group called Find Your Voice, Rock Your Confidence, which is also the name of her podcast. She combines 25 years of vocal coaching with a master's in education, and she works with both professional women and performers. So vocalists, classic vocalists. Welcome, Sloan. We're about to be super vulnerable. How are you feeling? What's happening in your body? <laughs> I want to cry. Hmm. I can feel my heart is definitely soft and the tears are just right there in my eyes building up because, and they're happy tears. They're tears of, oh my gosh, the fact that we're sitting here having these conversations that we're sharing with the listeners. For the listeners who are hearing this, if you feel that you've been part of any of those statistics that Stacy opened this show up with, it's a very high percentage. I, I don't really know anybody personally in my own life that haven't suffered from some sort of estrangement, parents, siblings, partners, whatever. I mean, it, it's part of you know the human wound <laughs> and, and why I feel emotional at all. It's one of gratitude and almost disbelief because that set that session we're going to we're going to dive into what happened there that actually wasn't the first time that we went that long without speaking and this has been a pattern in our family and thank goodness we found our our way here because not only have we ha are going through incredible amounts of healing in our own relationship, our birth family is going through healing, whether the other members of our family, our birth family are also going through the same level of healing that we are, neither here nor there, you know, not any of my business, if anybody else comes along on the ride. But I know what, what we're accomplishing, what I'm accomplishing, and the transformation is not something that is taking forever. Like once I was open, once I, I put my, my heart out there, once I was willing to look at my part, and the more I understand how I work, how I affect other people, it's happening relatively quickly. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling great. You know, a big piece of my journey is the consistent commitment to get myself grounded every day, every single day. The power, one of my go-to tools is really that getting quiet, whether it's prayer, whether, whether it's meditation, the days that I don't do that, they don't end up running very smoothly. <laughs> but on the days that I'm committed, which I try to be really consistent, you know, I think what it really helps me with, it really helps my head to not sweat the small stuff. I'd love to give people a concrete example, because even though we've spent times in our lives where we haven't been in touch, there was never a concrete reason for it. It was more drifting apart because our lives drifted apart. And this time was different though. I mean, it was a, it, it was a rupture and a breaking up and, uh, you know, we're not in each other's lives anymore. And so I, I want to go back to that day 
and just talk about that because I feel like it will give other people just a feeling of peacefulness or at least validation that they're not alone in these yeah, kinds of family dramas. And yeah. oh, um, for sure. because it, I just want to go back and remind everyone this family estrangement is just, it's an area that's taboo to talk about because we're all supposed to be happy in our families. And somehow we feel that if the family is not working, that it's our fault, that something must be wrong with us. So I just want to go back to that day in, um, it was a Saturday evening, actually, in 2015. I mean, I, I think you remember it, anyway, <laughs> of what, what had happened. And I don't know if you want to, it was basically Mother's Day weekend in Santa Barbara. Was that the same weekend as I had the event? Yes, it was. It was all in the same weekend. Yeah. So basically it was 2015 and I was working for myself and I'm living now in upstate New York. And I know that you're going to have this event over Mother's Day weekend where you're emceeing this big event in Santa Barbara. And I see it as an opportunity for me to give mom this wonderful gift of, you know, bringing her to that event so that we can watch you emcee. And then also taking her to Palm Springs where she can visit with family that she hasn't seen for years and years and years. And so I decided, well, since I know this event is happening, this will be a two for one for me because it's really hard to get all the way to California from upstate New York. It's just really hard on my body and the travel options are just really limited. So I set up this event and mom and I meet in LA and then we drive up, I, I rent a car and we drive up to Santa Barbara and we got there, I think Thursday night or something, and then hang out on Friday. And then Saturday was your big event and you did this whole emceeing thing. It was fantastic. And then we're supposed to leave for, for Palm Springs in the morning. And I was making a big deal about, we need to leave at eight in the morning. And we were sitting around eating and you had just come home from celebrating with, with some friends. And I pushed your buttons just a little bit too hard. Really, I was needling you. And I was really aware that I was needling you. And I kept saying, we have to leave at eight in the morning. And a lot of this was because I was really frustrated. And we know this now from human design, but I was in my not self and I was needling you because sometimes you're not great with deadlines or showing up on time. Like that has, that had been my experience of you. And what I was witnessing in this trip that I had planned with mom was I was going to have no time to myself. And so what was going on when I'm needling you is any time I thought I was going to have to myself after this crazy travel out and then what was going to be crazy travel back and just feeling totally exhausted is I'm starting to get really frustrated because my needs aren't being met and I'm not used to expressing my needs. And basically that was kind of what was going on in me without even knowing my human design at that time. Right. But, but this is what was going on with me. I have this undefined solar plexus. I do not have a habit of expressing my needs in our family dynamic. I just kind of swallow my needs and I'm just I make sure that I'm okay with whatever's going on. And I go put my nose in a book because that was always my survival strategy. And I'm now in this position where I'm starting to express my needs and I'm doing it clumsily, right? And I'm doing it 
also annoyingly, because I know it's pushing your buttons. I can see it's pushing your buttons. And anyway, and you can feel it pushing me, pushing your buttons, right? When we're sitting around the dining room table and you just came home from this really happy, you know, hanging out with a friend to celebrate this event being done. Mm -hmm. Well, going back previous, that event was the Santa Barbara Business Expo, I think we called it. And so it was a huge to-do and it was one of the bigger stages that I had been on as an MC. I had done other corporate events where I'm performing and singing for a few hundred people at a time, but this was a different thing. So just, just preparing for that event and everything building up to it and all of the women that were involved was a huge feat. Like the amount of physical, mental, emotional energy it took for me to build up. I also had three kids still at home. So, you know, I'm trying to do my career stuff while still trying to be a good mom. And anytime that I'm in performance mode, you know, the whole family knows. I literally sign off. So there's all these different balls that I'm, I'm juggling. You and mom being there at the event were like icing on the cake for me. It was such, and you came out with your camera and having mom there in, in, in the audience and doing, being all goofy and silly. It was just like, oh my gosh, like you guys, like there were points in this thing, depending on the breakouts and the number of people, like like you guys really, I like fed off of you, you know, mm. bouncing off that energy to just keep me like positive and keep it moving. Because again, anything happens in life, right? Live stuff, anything can go wrong. And it's like, how quickly and gracefully can you maneuver and, and, and move on? So... Yes, the event ended, you and mom came home, and then me and some of the organizers went out. And, you know, I think we were having champagne and stuff. And, and so, you know, one thing I think that is worth mentioning here, because you mentioned the not self, right? And I have done some 12 step work. And a, a part of what went down that day is I had come home from celebrating with the ladies, but I had been drinking. And it was definitely, you know, the, any triggers, any needling, anything that was going on, but we don't know what human design is yet, right? <laughs> we just know we have a history in our relationship that has, there's been tension and I don't remember the details of the conversation, but I remember it got really, really heated. I think that my kids were around, it was pretty bad. And I think I lost my crap. I lost it. And unloaded and i think that we both like there was something in the whole day that that whole energetic like went from being this really amazing wonderful thing that doesn't happen every day for us a celebration to whoa what the heck just happened because now all the plans for the weekend have changed we're both hurt we're, well i was speaking for myself hurt angry tired and it's just it's just not going in the right direction and fast forward one of the things and you haven't really brought this up yet but it was the trip to palm springs with mom is that i i don't think that i knew at that time i'm not sure that i was aware this was something that you wanted to do just the two of you and because no, i was you know you knew that because you invited yourself okay you, so i don't we're jumping don't, way ahead to the human design part but this is what okay. we figured out when we started deconstructing it. No, because gotcha. it was just for me and mom. And I remember you calling and inviting yourself 
to come along because it was, it was going to be this wonderful, intimate experience for me and mom to visit the cousins. And this is where, like, this is where I was in my not self and, and like leading up to it was I'm a manifesting generator with sacral authority. And in this moment, when you reached out to invite yourself, my sacral response was no, but I don't know about human design at this time. I only know it was no, because I go back and this is how I got to know my sacral was I went back to a lot of my decisions to kind of see where was I in my body when I made different decisions that had either favorable or unfavorable results. And what I remember in that moment was I, again, I have this undefined solar plexus. So do you and mom. So I had no screen or boundaries around speaking my truth. I didn't speak my truth. I didn't grow up speaking my truth because what I saw when someone speaks their truth, and this is where you and mom were often at loggerheads was because you'd speak your truth and you'd get in trouble. And so I learned growing up, don't speak your truth, hold your tongue. Do not do that. Danger, danger, you know? So I do not have a habit of actually speaking my truth, which included saying no, when even though it might upset the other person. And so I didn't say no in that moment, right? And so that's that's what was going on. I'm hiding my true feelings and I'm just going along to get along. And to put that in context, I'd already been in New York for a few years. And when I moved to New York in 2000, I guess it was 2010, for me, this was a really, it was an opportunity that came up with the consulting firm I was working with. And it was a very intentional departure from Mm -hmm. California. And it was intentional to get out of this cycle I was in of being the good daughter, you know, because I felt like I was stuck in some role because I'd never married, I didn't have kids and nobody could see me as anything but maybe Stacy at 13, right? Or Stacy at 20 or whatever. And so I actually had to remove myself really far geographically so that I could start to see myself. So when this is all happening and you know I have this, you know, opportunity I want to create for mom and and you you call and say, "Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Can I join you?" I don't know if that's exactly how you worded it. But I'm crushed inside, but I don't have the capacity to say no. And what I want to point out in this moment is, had I said no and just stood in my truth and dealt with whatever repercussions or hurt that you might have felt, this would have never happened. Like none of this rupture would have happened, right? The years that we lost never would have happened, right? Yeah. And, uh, and that's why I want to point out. It's like when we are in our not self and my not self was I wasn't speaking my truth. The other thing I just wanted to bring up quickly was you and mom have defined ego. So you have this forcefulness and this will. I do not. In fact, I have totally open ego, which is a compounding effect for me energetically in terms of feeling confident to stand my ground, knowing that I'm with these very willful, forceful people, right? Who, if I don't say what they want to hear, you know, I'm not sure that I have what it takes to to stand up next to them. So anyway, so I just wanted to set that little bit of context, but yeah, I'm glad that you, that that you brought that in because you, you as a projector, you know, this was classic, not waiting for the invitation, right? right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
<laughs> that one little piece of information for you, the listener, especially if you are a projector and you are listening to this, that one tiny piece of information has been, it's been truly transformative. I mean, it really, it, um, it's my go-to. Like I'm really, I'm way more mindful. I'm so much more aware. And I really am doing my best every day to pay attention and wait for the invitation. I mean, from little tiny things to big major decisions, you know, everything from, you know, my husband and my daughter, they're going to go to the grocery store and get something. I'm thinking, oh, good for them. You know, well, maybe I want to join them. It's like, no, you weren't invited to go with them to the grocery store. I know it's a really silly example, but it's just constant. It, you at work and networking events with women now, it's all very ironic because, and I, I, I really tread lightly anything to do with 12 steps because it's an anonymous program, okay? But all of those programs are not about promotion. There is no marketing or promoting of those, right? 12-step programs are a program of attraction, not promotion. That is in their literature. So any work I've done in those rooms with that population of people, I have to really watch myself, right? I, we can't be inviting people. If somebody is sharing, you know, I've got this situation going on and they don't know about the programs, we can share our experience, strength, and hope. If you want more information, let me know. Uh, you know, the invitation in that case would be somebody sharing something that is really difficult that they're going through. Um, you know, in this case, you know, around around alcohol, you know, they're drinking, somebody else is drinking, whatever. It's a huge issue across the, you know, all over the planet. But waiting for the invitation, it's made everything so much easier. And I don't take things personally anymore. You know, it's really with this work and the work that we have done, like this one relationship, Yours and my relationship as siblings, it's washing across every other relationship in my marriage, in my relationship with my kids, with our mom. It's like, I feel like I'm being washed. I'm trying to be a little softer in my conversations. I definitely listen way more. My spidey sense is up now. Now with, with the, the human design information, it's like a game I play with myself anymore. I spend more time listening to the conversations, the language that other people are using. You know, is this a good time for me to jump in or do I need to sit back and keep my mouth shut, right? This, these tools, these are some really beautiful tools. These along with the 12 steps. I, I, I've been in and out of those rooms and everything I ever needed to learn. You know, the number one, you know, the very first one is that I'm, I'm absolutely powerless. I'm powerless over, over everybody else, you know, situations, you know, the world, uh, the, you know, life is in session. And the only thing I have control over is my own perspective and attitude. Well, and that powerlessness is also part of human design in the sense of not having a choice. I mean, our design is our design. And if there's any choice, it's really, do you, are you going to consciously really attempt to get to know it and live it? Or are you just going to surrender and just let your life kind of run you instead of you running running it? I want to go back to and talk about, just go back to this event because what happened at the end of that, that evening was, yes, I needled you, I needled you. And you finally just blew up and you just, you know, screamed something. I think you threw your hairbrush and that kind of like, just was it. And there wasn't really 
there was a little bit of conversation, but not a lot. And I think there were conversations with us. There were conversations with mom, but it was really very, it was very uncomfortable. And to be honest, it's sort of what I expected when I started to establish boundaries. Cause what I'm doing is I'm learning to establish boundaries by saying, I want to leave at eight in the morning. I could have done it a little bit more compassionately and not as obnoxiously. Absolutely. But I'm new to this right at that time. And this wasn't the really big rupture. So yeah, the trip didn't happen. I went on to Palm Springs, you and mom stayed behind. And where the rupture really happened was, I think it was about a month later, I had planned to do a Pancha Karma cleanse in LA outside of Santa Monica around there. And I learned in Ayurveda, I learned what my energy was, that it was pitta pitta. So it was all fire, right? Fire and fire. And mm -hmm. I learned ways of coping with that. And it was such a wonderful awakening for me to learn that about myself, about my energy that again, it's just a part of my makeup. I can't change that I'm pitta pitta. And right. it suddenly made sense of what happened with all of us that day. Because when someone is pitta pitta and all this fire, what you need to do is surround yourself in calm. Normally I would stay at a hotel when I would go there, like to have my own little space. I didn't do it this time. I stayed at your house and mom was there and the kids were there and you know the sleeping arrangements weren't ideal. And so there was all of this other sort of commotion that was aggravating my pitta, but I don't know this at that time. Right. And so after I did the Pancha Karma cleanse, I felt so excited and I couldn't wait to share with you and mom, here's what I discovered. So here's how I'm going to engage with you going forward. And I wrote, I wrote mom a letter. I don't know if I, I think I wrote you a letter as well. I can't remember. And, um, I can't remember if I sent you one. I thought I did, but I know I sent mom one. And I think the reason why I'm confused is because when I sent, I sent them at the same time, but I remember getting a phone call like in July and, and it was you just being incredibly upset. And it was because you now got pulled into, I think mom got my letter and got really upset about it because I was establishing my boundaries. And what I, what I want to say in this moment for people who are going through family estrangement, there's yeah. this concept and I'm no psychologist. I'm no expert in this, but I've read or heard or come across many times that when one person in a household changes their relationship or their yes. dynamic and the way they show up, it throws the whole rest of the organism off balance because and so now here I am, I used to absorb sort of everyone else's boundaries, right? And I never had my own. And so now here I'm thinking, oh, this is great. I'm going to give everyone a, a, a manual, an operating manual for how to, how to work with me or how I'm going to work with them. And this is where the rupture actually happened because that was the moment where I, I was just basically without having to air all the details because that's not necessary just suffice it to say, I was kicked out of my family. Basically, it is the biggest fear, tribal fear that we all have is being kicked out of the family. And I was kicked out of the family and I had to be okay with that. And that's why I think this episode is so important because when we start to get healthy, there are risks that yep. it's going to throw the dynamics of our relationships off. Yep. Not necessarily forever, but honestly, I wasn't sure if I was ever going to be in conversation with you and mom ever again, that I had to be okay with that. I had to be okay with that being the last. And I started to live my life that way. 
I just had to make peace with that. I just wanted to bring that part in because then I think then you went on to do work on yourself, right? Independently after that. And I think, I think what started to pave the way for us coming together was you called me after you were doing work on yourself. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Do you remember where you called me and that, and I think it was the amends or something when, when we had a phone conversation. No, this is beautiful. And I thank you for that, Stace. I, I want, do want to go back. You're absolutely right. When one person in the family, the organism, you called it, mm-hmm. begins to change and get healthy, it's a domino effect. Yeah. And that is exactly what happened. And I, I do. So, the, so May happened, came and went. The trip didn't happen the way it was supposed to. We all went our own ways. I vaguely remember the letter thing, you know, again, you know, some conversation that mom and I probably had, and I don't have a real clear memory of it. I was traumatic. It was definitely. It was. And I had not accepted that we might not ever speak again. And what happened, yes, I believe it was. So that was 20. 2015. I went and looked. Yep. So. Eight years ago. Yes. uh, March of that following year was when I found myself uh, in the rooms, in the 12-step rooms. And one of those steps is making amends with family members. And same thing, you know, another great example, you know, people think, um, you know, when they're going to to one of these programs, you know, that if the, the alcoholic stops drinking, that things will get better. If, you know, if the addict will stop using, things will get better. Uh, it's not true. (laughs) Sometimes it actually will get worse before it gets better. Mm. Uh, And I, I think I started to reach out, but, but you did not respond at first. Uh, maybe that had been happening like the six months prior because I had been calling, I'd been texting, I had been sending letters to you that were not getting any response. Oh, I don't remember any of this. I don't remember receiving any letters from you. That's weird. So somewhere in this mess, in this estrangement, I am realizing, oh, wait, we might not, like, I'm having to to resolve, we might not ever speak again. We Mm. might not ever be in touch again. So Mm. I I remember reaching out and trying to make contact with you. And like, I was stalking you, like I was stalking you. Uh, out in New York and saw that you had bought your home. And I think you turned 50 somewhat. So there were all these milestones that I don't know how you celebrated them or not, but there were all these milestones happening in your life that I was not part of. I was Mm -hmm. not invited. I was like, we were like, there's no way. And I was having to accept that we might not ever communicate again. And that thought was it was just really really painful like i was very extremely and it brought up so many other old wounds you know and growing up stuff and years without speaking to to mom uh it was just a big mess and i don't know how well you reached out to me on my birthday i think was kind of the icebreaker somehow we we got on a facetime or something together which was like the icebreaker that kind of opened the door it was like a, a little we put our toes in to test the water a little bit. So funny how it's it's all such a blur. Right. Right. It's, it's all such a blur. Yeah. But yeah. there was a, there were years, years of no contact, no communication, 
like you tried, I didn't want to hear it. I tried, you didn't want to hear it because we're, yeah. we're both still in not self. We, we're both still not, you know, we're trying to understand ourselves. We both are seeking and we're trying to understand, but we're missing some key ingredients. I think we rebuilt checking in a couple times a year relationship, but I, th I think what was missing was, it was just trust. This is where human design is so valuable. Yes. That trust of, are we going to run into this again? Right? Like, do we have the ability to foresee it or forestall it, you know, or avoid it altogether? And I think, I think what wound up happening was when I came across human design two years ago, January, and I did it for me and I saw so much clarity in it. And then I got your birth data. I got mom's birth data. I got, you know, birth data of everyone I could find in my life because I just wanted to test this stuff out, right? How accurate yes. was it? And for me, when I saw our three charts, it was the most beautiful watershed moment because everything made sense to me, right? right. Everything made sense. You know, the, the fact that you both have defined will, the fact that I don't, the fact that none of us have defined solar plexus. So our nervous systems are always off. They're always set off, right? Like we don't have the tools or the awareness to even realize that we really need to be aware which are our emotions and which are someone else's, right? For things, yes. things like that. And then for me to realize that I have a lot of definition. And so I've got a lot of things that have helped me and supported me throughout my life. But the two areas where I am undefined or open are the ego, which is all about self-esteem, self-worth and will, willpower. And the other one, which is solar plexus, which is emotions. And it's about not speaking your truth. It's about swallowing your voice because you, you go along to get along, right? You don't want to rock the boat. And when I saw that, and then I saw you and I saw mom, I, I saw that whole experience through much more gentle, loving, and compassionate eyes. And I saw how, well, first of all, I just started changing right away and I brought human design to you. And I think at that time for, for a lot of people, it's like, what is this? What planets, you know, birth data, like how can this possibly make sense? And, and that's where then I shared it with you and, and, um, and there wasn't an immediate, immediate connection to it until you actually thought, well, I need to go, I'm going on this trip. And that's episode three on my podcast, which I'll link to in the show notes. And that's when we actually tested it out for you to help you as your ego projective projector self navigate the moments and interactions in a way that was true self and really watching out for triggers and not self conditioning, right? There's two things that are coming up. One, so in my profession, uh, women's vocal empowerment coach, I have not done a lot with human design with my vocal practice, but I'm just sitting here listening to you and I'm hearing hundreds of women that have had similar experiences as you with their voice, not feeling heard, don't want to rock the boat. This is my client. This is who I serve. Mm -hmm. And just makes me more curious. And I, I have not incorporated that into my practice, but one of these days, um, you know, pro probably sooner than later, because it's really helpful to have that extra piece of information about each client. Mm -hmm. uh, and the trust factor 
I agree with you. It it really began like a year ago. It was one year mm-hmm. ago. I was heading up to see our mother who I had not seen maybe once since the fallout in 2015, maybe. Mm-hmm. And there had been other fallouts in between 2015 that were still like, you know, we're on again, we're off again. But you were so excited about this human design stuff. <laughs> arts, and I was looking, I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to trust you. So you though, coming to me, sharing this information weeks prior to me heading up there to be with our mom for, and it was, it was multiple family things going on. Like it was, it was like, it was a week long, 10 days straight of digging up old stuff and terrified. What if this doesn't work? What if this ends up being exactly, what if this ends like every other visit, every other interaction that we've had for decades? I'm terrified, but I'm going to go because like, if not now, then when, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to apply this work. And man, I had all my notes. You and I, I think that we spoke on a daily basis, sometimes multiple oh, yeah. times. We did. And when I start to feel those old feelings come up in my body, it's like, oh shit, oh That's okay. <laughs> Here it comes, here it comes, this is, this is it. It's gonna, but no, stay the course, keep breathing, keep yourself centered, Sloan, stay grounded, go back to your 12 steps, you know, get, get on the phone, call somebody. And it truly was a miracle. This is a human experiment in real time. And I, I couldn't believe it. Like you would you would say, okay, well, remember, you know, she's got this, this, and this, and you've got this, this, and this. So, you know, here, this is what you can do. You know, these are some things to maybe, you know, try to stay away from, but this is what, you know, try doing this instead. And man, it worked like magic every single time. And there were there were only a couple of incidences, you know, in a 10 day period. And uh, thankfully, I had my own place to stay and I could I was very good about verbalizing, you know, what I needed. And I was able to set boundaries, you know, detaching from the outcome, right? I have no control. I'm taking care of me. And when I left that trip, it was so good. It was the first time I could ever remember ending a visit that it wasn't blown up in a big fight. And so, you know, you talk about that domino effect, right? One one person in the family starts to get better and it throws everything off. And, you know, I, I can't find the right words, but I remember saying goodbye. She dropped me off at the airport and big hugs and lots of love, but it felt weird, right? I wasn't leaving in tears. Yeah. I wasn't with my yeah. heart broken wide open again. And I think it felt off for her too. It was like, hmm, that was- Yeah, normal, normal is uncomfortable when you've never had it, right? Normal feels dysfunctional. Normal feels wrong. But yeah, yeah and, and so we have to really watch ourselves from wanting to stir that up, right? And yes. make it fit the old me- muscle memory, the old emotions, right? Absolutely. And I, I liken that to when I do vocal work, 
you know, people come in, same thing. We've got all these old tapes playing in our head about our voice and, and what it should or shouldn't sound, what it should or shouldn't do. And when we when I start to uh, decondition that, I guess, if you will, I, I explain it. You know, the, those grooves that we have in our brain and our body, they're like, uh, you know, you younger listeners, if you know what an LP is, mm-hmm. an album, records, right? The old, You used to put it on a record player or the stereo. The, they have grooves. You put the needle in and you play the album in order to hear the music, right? Well, what you're doing with human design, what I do with the voice is we're taking that needle. I'm scratching all those old tapes. We are undoing all that old crap, all those old beliefs, all those old ways of what it felt like in our body in order to download the new information, the human design, the gene keys, the vocal empowerment work, and it does, it feels weird. You know, I love how you started, Stacy. when we began, is that you, the listener, I hope that this gives you hope. If you are listening right now, like I just, I feel like I'm gonna start crying again because I know, I know that there's somebody listening to this right now. I know you're listening and you're thinking, oh yeah, that worked for Sloan and Stacy, but I don't think that's gonna work for me and my family. You know, we are too, we are too far gone. There's no way we, we are unhealable. Like we are, this is impossible. You are, you listening, we are a miracle. My sister and I sitting here on this podcast for you right now, we are a miracle. Like I never in a million years, imagine that we would be sitting here having this conversation the healing that we are experiencing individually in our in our birth family in relationships outside of blood relations there are no words but i do know that this stuff works if we work it it's an inside job no i love that (laughs) therapist is going to be able to to do the work for you if you are a 12 stepper god bless you keep going because it works if you work it no sponsor is going to be able to help you they can't do the work for you you have to do the work yourself and it is uncomfortable but the other side of it is beautiful it's heaven on earth the peace oh i love that the serenity that comes with finding that space but we got to walk through the poop to get <laughs> to the other side you can't go around it you can't go around it. And the thing that I think there are a couple of points I want to make and uh, and just talk about where we are today. So the first thing that I love about human design is that it really um, neutralizes any emotion around the relationship dynamic when you actually are looking at charts. This is what I love about doing readings too, because it's not a criticism of a person. It's not pointing out flaws. It's not any of that, which I think some people might think this is going to bring up all of their problems and point flaws out. And it's not like that at all. I think it's what keeps a lot of people away. Really, it creates a really objective platform from which you can look at your re- yourself and your relationships and yourself in relationships. It becomes very, very objective because you're yeah. really talking to the chart and just pointing out Here's what the dynamic that might be happening in you. Here's conditioning that you might have experienced and creating a safe safe space to share that. Um, We've I love that word neutralize. Yeah, it it, it really does. And it's objective. It's objective. 
there's no reason to get emotional. It, it just, it's how, but once we understand those charts, once we understand the gene key information specific to our wiring, our design, oh my gosh, the weight it takes off of your shoulders, people. Like all of a sudden life just gets so much easier. Well, and I mean, we continue to use it to navigate our relationship today. So, you know, we're in this coaching relationship. And if you remember, Slim, there were a couple of times where mm -hmm. you were doing some sharing about, I think it was about your family your, that, you know, your husband and kids. And I, I yep. thought it was about our family and, you know, yeah. we're both in this class and I didn't give you permission to that. And I felt vulnerable and exposed. And normally the old Stacy, the not self Stacy wouldn't have brought it up. And yep this time I did. And, and it was so uncomfortable because I'm building new muscles when, when something is not working for me. I mean, I'm a 57 year old woman, but I'm a six year old inside, you know, on the outside, I'm a 57 year old buddy, but I'm a six year old child, you know, just trying to learn how to use my voice and speak up when something doesn't feel safe for me. Right. And we basically always just create safe space for us. And Again, we make it objective, right? And it's, and we also approach when we are bringing things up with each other, we assume the best, we assume good intent, and we're very quick to take ownership and be accountable for where we might have screwed up, you know, and to, to agree on, you know, the, the way forward, right? This is what we're agreeing to, you know, here are the guardrails for what we agree to share, um, in, in class or not that kind of thing. Yep. And, uh, and I just feel like it's just, our relationship just gets better and better and deeper and deeper. And like, I use our charts, my business partner and I, Tara, we do the same thing. Like we have each other's charts. We know where each other feels vulnerable or sensitive. And it's just such a wonderful tool to have to make your relationships that much stronger. Well, I'm so glad that you brought that up because yes, now we're both in this work <laughs> and there were a couple of conversations where you, you felt that I had uncovered you and, and I had not, I was not given permission to do that. And I love, and they were uncomfortable conversations because when we started them, I could feel those old feelings in my body were starting to come up again. It's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, it was too good to be true. <laughs> but because we're both doing the work, because we're both doing the work, it it has allowed me, well, again, they're tools, right? This is a different way of communicating. And um, it's that seeking to understand. You know, what mm -hmm. I really, you know, I'm getting way better about and, and look forward to is where there is something that doesn't make sense, or if there does feel, if there's something that feels like a potential conflict is for me to seek to understand what is really going on and what we're finding i think what we found in both those cases you know there was a misunderstanding yeah and how often you know you listening at home how often when you really get in and you know where there's been a riff where there's been a divide where there's been an explosion you know when you really get in and dig a little deeper it's like oh well i didn't know that <laughs> oh well, you know, I, I had no idea. That is one I would definitely uh, encourage. And I, I continue to try to practice every day is try to seek to understand before I go 
putting my input in because we're only seeing part of the picture. It's that whole iceberg thing, right? You know, the visual where you, you've got the tip of the iceberg sticking out of the water and then they show the water and underneath is the whole, you know, glacier underneath there. You know, so often this is how life is working. And, you know, man, Lord knows there's just so many things, you know, in the media and the state of the planet and, you know, all of, all of these things, you know, playing on our fears. And it's such, it's all limited information. And so, um, you know, I don't know where else to go with this other than I am, I'm just eternally grateful and I will be practicing this work, uh, for my remaining days on the planet. You know what I mean? My, oh, my, same here. I, I feel like that's a common sentiment for anyone who's come through human design and recognizes the power in it yeah. and how beautiful it is when you really start to master your own blueprint. So I just wanted to sum up a couple of things. Your relationships are only as strong as your not self tendencies. So wherever you're in shadow, it's like your relationships cannot get any better than that, right? If you're not bringing your highest self, your relationships aren't going to grow beyond that. A lot of people are living in what I call high functioning shadow. I was in high functioning shadow. Hey, Sloan, you were in high functioning shadow, right? Like we're getting stuff done. We're moving now. Oh, yeah. We're doing oh, yeah. a bunch of stuff. We look like we have it together, but at the same time, our family relationship was was wounded and we did not know how to repair it or save it. Like we just didn't have those tools. Your aura is super important. So really just cleansing your aura. We didn't talk a lot about aura, but again, yeah. this is the projector aura. This is the generator aura. Projectors are, again, these, these people who have this intensity, this penetrating awareness into the other. They go very, very, very deep to understand what the other is about. Generators have this warm and enveloping aura that's really about um, pulling people in. But if those auras are not healthy, that's not what you're going to get. When we know better, we do better. And that's the great thing about human design is like you really, really know how you're built. And when you know how you're built, you naturally become so much more forgiving and accepting of whatever's coming through because you know that, look, if someone's showing up in a really negative light toward you, you know that is their not self. Nobody shows up as an asshole, right? In their true self. That is not how we came into this world, right? right. And right. so you suddenly get this very, very different take. And that's where when I discovered these charts and, and you know immediately saw yours and mom's, I, I realized, oh, this is what was going on. And the gentleness and love that flows out of you when you realize that you all you really know is yourself. And yeah, you have these charts of others in your life if you choose to, and you can start to really incorporate those into the way that you interact with them. Um, but, you know, we are all, if, we, if we, without that knowledge, we're limited in how, effective or deep or truthful we can be in our relationships. And finally, we heal our relationships by healing ourselves. That is it. And yep. so this is not about trying to make Sloan be someone else or, you know, mom be someone else. This was about me just taking ownership of me and understanding how this machine operated, right? This human being operated. And we are each a party of one, right? Our blueprint is a party of one. And so we have to master our own blueprint. And, and so when you step into your human design and that awareness, I also want to remind everyone, 
you know, it does run the risk of disrupting the status quo. And so I ain't going to lie. I mean, you heard my story. I wasn't sure I was ever going to speak with my mom or my sister ever again. Um, that wasn't the case. We wound up coming back into each other's lives. And now it's like my sister is one of my very, very, very best beloved friends. And we talk several times every week, sometimes a few times a day. And you're one of the first people that I call to share something with, right? Or to work something out when I run into something that I'm working on or uncovering. And like right now, this work that I'm doing on self-worthiness and deservingness, you know, you're the one that I call to say, hey, this is what I discovered, you know, and it, because we have a common upbringing and you might share in some of those stories. So um, I, I, I don't know if you have any other takeaways, Sloan, before we, you know, basically, you know, share share any offers or, or things that we want to give to the, to the listeners. Yeah. I think number one, there is hope you, the listener, there is hope and there is a different way. And uh, hopefully Stacy and I have shared, you know, a couple of, of, of tools that you found helpful that you found useful. Um, you know, we're here, we're here as a resource for you. We've, we've done it. We're doing it. We're, we're like neck deep in this stuff. So <laughs> say enough about uh, working for with Stacy. if you are interested in the human design and the offers that she has. Um, if you're wanting more information around uh, vocal work and vocal empowerment, uh, I think we've got the Curious to Confident session uh, as a one-hour session with me, all things voice. We really get in and, and uh, break it all down. Uh, we can do that depending where you're located, either in person or over Zoom. And I, I do want to put out my free gift. I have a 26 ways to access your voice instantly. It is a breathing mantra meditation. It's very short. It's free. And we'll put that in the show notes for you. And it's essentially a uh, you're breathing in the words I am. And then you're exhaling out, you go through each letter of the alphabet, you know, A, you know, awesome, adorable, amazing, whatever works for your letter A, and you just go through the whole alphabet that way. It's a great, quick way to center yourself. It's a way to start reprogramming your brain uh, about your belief about your yourself and your own self-worth. Um, you do it enough. It's like the brain and the body start to step up and go, oh, yeah, maybe I am pretty actually amazing wait a minute. Oh, yeah. No, I am. I'm just as beautiful as anybody else. You know, just it's, it's a fun little exercise. But um, I created that really as a, a breathing, grounding, centering thing. And it's free. So go you can go pick that up as well. Awesome. And for anyone who's experiencing anxiety about family visits with the upcoming holidays, we feel you. Mm -hmm. And you're not alone. And uh, if you do want to learn about your human design, you can book a reading with me, your blueprint for life. Just go to tobeauthentic.co. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of To Be Authentic, where we explore the practical side of human design, the gene keys and the work in an integrated approach we call the quantum way. If you're new to human design and the gene keys, click the links in our show notes to get your free chart and profile. While you're there, subscribe to our mailing list to receive special offers and invitations and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and your podcast provider of choice to never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. You make this podcast matter.